Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready because with the right ideas and advice me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. I cannot believe it is already the end of the year and it has been an insane year for me personally. (laughs) My family moved, I think three times. We moved from downtown Toronto to the west end of Toronto where I grew up and then we made the big move over to Costa Rica and have been adjusting to life here. Um, I even got a role with a developer down here building a residential community all steeped in more of a ethos of community and natural environment and farming and regeneration. So it's a very cool project. It's called Shift Esperanza. Very cool year. But the thing with real estate is I personally in my portfolio made a lot of changes and there were massive lessons to be learned from 2023 in real estate. And today's episode, I'm going to share with you insider access to a discussion that I sat in on with the heads of the number one real estate brokerage in North America to show you how you can profit in the new year from unfortunately a lot of pain and fear that's happening in the real estate market. And of course, philosophically, I'm not here to say let's profit from people's pain. The reality is there are ups and downs in the market built in. And when times are tough, there's also a lot of opportunity for investors. Let's dive in. There is so much I packed into this year-end episode, not just from the conversation with the heads of the brokerage, but just a lot of data points from people that have a high level of skill in the real estate sector and what they're doing. So like I said, let's get into it. First, I think for all of us, there's an understanding that while times feel tough and it can feel really dark for some right now and feel like forever, it's really about two to three years of adjustment before things start to normalize again. There's already talk of the Fed stabilizing, if not decreasing interest rates next year, of course, see it when I believe it, but the conversation is already shifting. And we have to have a frame around all of this that real estate itself is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's about big picture thinking and having patience. These are the keys to success in this industry. And also understanding that when times are tough, you're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're going to adjust and protect what you have. That is how you get through challenging times. And yes, some people may need to sell, but that's okay. You've learned a lot through this experience and you can bring those skills moving forward. That was my little pep talk. So how can you use this year's lessons to get the upper hand in 2024? I'm going to show you. First, let's look at 2023. It's always good to have a reference point. First and foremost, sales were down 43% from a peak in 2021. Big difference. And many, even very experienced people in the real estate sector got taken by surprise by the rapid rate hikes. And the reality is this was the fastest in history. Let that sink in. So if things felt a little bit 
crazy this year. It's because they were. There was a lot of things happening very fast. And that had a massive effect if people were not completely optimized and prepared. In multifamily, for example, and single family for many people, margins got smaller. It's harder to find good deals. In multifamily, I do know that some passive investors saw their quarterly cash flows pause. Now, what that means is they aren't losing their money. While that may unfortunately happen to other people, when distributions pause in multifamily, that just means that the operators of that asset, they want to ensure that there's enough money in the reserves of that property for operations. So they don't provide the cash flow to the investors. That may not affect their total return when the property is sold, but in the time being, it can feel a little bit not so great, <laughs> let's be honest, when you've been getting cash flow from an investment and then suddenly it stops. But I do want to clarify that. Now, the other side of things is there are other deals that needed more capital to keep them afloat and to keep them running because those margins got smaller. And that would be termed capital calls. That did happen to many people. And I know it doesn't feel good. But once again, remember, market ups and downs are built in a lot of lessons from this year, a lot of lessons moving into next year. And I think it's a really empowering way to look at everything. What happened this year, though, as well, is in residential and commercial, it became this dance between seller and buyer expectations. You know, sellers are expecting 2021 prices and buyers are not willing, nor are they able to pay that amount. So that stalls the market until, that is, some sellers can't afford to keep their properties anymore because of the operating costs. There was one deal that I had investors in this year where it was a recapitalization of an asset. And what that means is this deal, because it was not a good time to sell it in the marketplace because of everything I've just shared, we recapitalized the deal with more money and those new investors got a preferred position. So they were put higher on the capital stock, which essentially in the most simple manner means they had more security on their returns. Because when that deal does sell, and the plan is to sell it in 2025, ride out 2024, they'll get paid out after the bank. So that's what we've seen. We've seen a lot of creativity this year, which is cool. You know, when times are tough and you have less to work with, we use our minds more to figure out solutions and can't take that away from somebody once they've learned how to do that. Now with these deals that sellers maybe can't afford to keep because of those operating costs, this is what we're looking at coming into the new year. So if they don't recapitalize, they don't have the ability to, they may need to sell. I've already got a distressed real estate fund I'm lining investors up for. If you want more information, reach out to me. It's going to be a great opportunity. So if you're looking right now to get into multifamily deals as an LP, a limited partner, better known as a passive investor, we will see more opportunities, especially in the value add space, which means properties that need a lot of improvements to boost the value, the net operating income. Another talking point from the gentleman that shared in this conversation was the lack of new inventory in some markets because of high construction costs. And in certain areas, we won't see new assets come online until about 2025, late 2024. What does this mean for you? Let's bring it back to the basics. Most things come back to basics at some level. And that's always the best way to look at it, in my opinion. 
the basics of supply and demand. Now, look, we've heard a lot this year, but at the end of the day, there is a massive housing shortage that has not changed. In fact, because interest rates are higher, this is only going to compound the issue. Less new units are coming online, rental rates get higher. The higher the rental rates, the higher value of commercial real estate, multifamily, for example, and more opportunities for solid returns for investors. And the big reason why in multifamily in particular, and you're going to see it in single family too, because rents will go up. The challenge is, of course, you're comparing to comparables down the street and the mortgage costs may go up for that homeowner. There isn't the economies of scale you get with multifamily. In multifamily, value is based on the net operating income, not those comparable sales. So while margins did get tight, like I shared, with interest rates going up, as those stabilize, or some properties were able to find them where we're assuming a loan, 2-3% loan from the seller, because there's those beautiful 30-year loans in the US. I'm from Canada, we don't have that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about later why those are such valuable interest rates and how people are starting to figure that out. The value is based on the net operating income. Boost that up, increase the value. So the construction pipeline right now, and with the cost of construction being really high, it is influencing rent growth and profitability. While it does vary by town, city, state, the fundamentals are the same. So moving into 2024, there are big talks, like I said, of the Fed reducing interest rates, which will boost activity in the market again. Plus a crazy interesting insight from Jason Hartman. He is a CEO of Empowered Investor. Definitely check him out. I heard a really cool conversation with him the other day, and he brought this entirely new perspective about mortgage rates and how these ultra low mortgage rates of the past have actually created a lock-in effect where the mortgage itself has become an asset because sell the property, lose the 2% interest rate. So many won't sell. According to Jason, 140 million single family homes in America have cheap quote unquote mortgages. Since the cost of money has skyrocketed, only 4 million transactions have occurred because things have slowed down, meaning 136 million homes are not affected by the higher rates. In layman's terms, people aren't letting go of their great rates. If they can't make a move up, they may just stay where they are. They say, oh, why would I give up my 3% mortgage rate to get a 7% rate when I could add an extension to my home? Or in a lot of cities, I know in Toronto, this is happening, and I've heard of it happening in a lot of cities in the US, the government is incentivizing AUD units, which is those auxiliary dwelling units. So essentially adding another unit at the back of your house in a laneway, converting your garage to another unit. If somebody could do that, why move? What this makes happen (laughs) is lower transaction volume, increasing real estate values. Here we go back to supply and demand again and more renters. So for investors in real estate, it's great. More renters, philosophically, not so much when you look at housing affordability, still a huge challenge. Jason gave a really cool, simple calculation. For every 1% decline in home ownership ability, 1 million new tenants are created. 1 million. So while multifamily transactions this year are down 70-80% in some areas, which does sound like a stratospherically high number. Yes, I said in some areas. It's a small blip, to be honest, in a massive macro trend of a growing renter nation. 
which spells incredible returns if you are a real estate investor, if you own the assets. So two words to summarize real estate moving into 2024, cautious optimism. I know this year was hard for a lot of people. I made adjustments to my portfolio, which I've shared on a previous podcast. The multifamily market is poised for huge opportunities. So if you've been sitting on the sidelines, next year is a great time to jump in and take advantage of deals that essentially had to hit the market, meaning maybe not by choice by the sellers. And that price is therefore not by choice and it's great price. Like they say, short-term pain, long-term gain. And that's how we really want to reflect on 2023. So in summary, real estate market, we faced a lot of challenges. Sales were down a lot and we had the high interest rate hikes. Margins shrank. Good deals were harder to find. Some passive investors experienced cash flow pauses. Remember, that doesn't mean you're not getting your returns. Market activity was down. And we're looking at distressed properties like the distressed asset fund I have available in Q1 becoming available in the new year, which is a huge opportunity for investors. We're also still looking at the reality of a housing shortage and we are expecting some rate adjustments in 2024, which could boost market activity. Cautious optimism though. That's the thing. None of us know. None of us have a crystal ball. It's really just about being educated and informed so when an opportunity does come online, you are able to jump on it. With all of this happening, I'm always bullish on real estate. Currently, my family is enjoying Christmas in Costa Rica. I'm recording this a few days before Christmas. We are going to just spend time on the beach, (laughs) taking it easy. My mom flew in from Toronto and my multifamily rental property in Toronto is generating cash flow. Even with the rising interest rates, I've been able to convert a unit to furnished and secure an awesome midterm rental tenant for two times my rental rate than before. So real estate, always a winner. If you want to get any personal questions answered, I'm always available to you. If you want to learn more about how you can start investing in multifamily real estate, definitely reach out. I'm available. You can check me out on LinkedIn email me, call me. (laughs) It's easy to find me. I'm so excited for us to grow our wealth in 2024 and I'm wishing you a safe and happy holiday season. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you loved what you heard here, please leave me a five-star review on Apple. It would mean the world to me to get this information out to more people like you.